Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Now it's time to wrap up all the stories of the week with our good friend Bill Crystal from the Weekly Standard. Uh, Bill, how are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. How are you? Uh, glad that you can join us. I, look, I know that you're off chatting with everybody. AEI loves you. Chuck mm-hmm. Todd loves you. Paul Bagallo. They all love you. Uh, we know that. You're the, you, you're the you flavor you, of the month. You think that's... I don't know. Love may not be the word I would <laughs> I would have chosen. You are every, at everywhere They're annoyed at me because I didn't roll over for various stupid liberal arguments. I mean, mm-hmm. I was out with Paul Bagallo this week, and I like Paul, actually. He's a yeah. good guy, but even he couldn't, could barely keep a straight face when he was pretending that that CBR report on Obamacare was... <laughs> It's really good news for them. You know, people who are losing their jobs, they, they kind of want to lose their jobs, you know. And it's great. You can't keep your insurance. You can't keep your doctor. And now you can't keep your job. It's really a trifecta for Obamacare. This and there week. is this underlying theme of, yeah, I know you liked your insurance, but we know better than you that you really totally. wanted to lose your insurance. You think you're happy working enough to pay your own health care bills, but we know you'll be happier if you work less and Bill Crystal pays your health care bills. We, just, you, we know you and the White House, Bill Crystal better than you know yourself. Right, and we actually have a piece in the new issue by Abby Schachter on Cass Sunstein, the law professor who wrote this book, Nudge, which right. has inspired a lot of the administration's efforts to nudge people in certain directions. Of course, when, when private section nudges, you know, they, they, <coughs> excuse me, they give you incentives, they give you a coupon, they use advertising to make something seem attractive, but it's a free country and you can say no. The minute when, when, when an administration nudges you, uh, well, in the case of health insurance, you really can't say no. You can't keep your own insurance. And in other cases, they tilt the scale, and they call that a nudge. It's really more of a shove. And and uh, I really think it's worth fighting that hard. I think that is kind of gets to the core of what it means to be a self-governing people in a free society. I mean, if we now if we would debate something and say, I want you to pay Social Security, I, I don't have a, necessarily a problem with that. But this kind of uh, putting thumbs on the scale without letting people fully know and saying you're not, incidentally, as Obama said, hey, you can keep your insurance, keep your doctor, it's fine. And then it says, well, gee, actually, you know, we've we decided we know better than you do what kind of health insurance you should have. It's really worth rebelling against that. This week was an interesting week. If you're looking at the uh, question, can Republicans reclaim the mantle of the party of the blue-collar working guy, a mantle that never fit Mitt Romney or uh, uh, Senator McCain very well, a mantle that Reagan embraced. And two issues came up this week that you've been talking about a lot, Bill. One is the one you just addressed, which is, are you on the side of people who work, or do you look at people who work as suckers who are simply you know, foolish enough to keep working full-time? Right. And then the other part is immigration, and it looks like, the stupid idea of raising immigration before the election uh, is, if it's not, I don't know if this is ever dead, but it has multiple stakes in it that should at least slow it down. It's never dead, though, you know, it's like a zombie somehow. Mm -hmm. I talked with a Republican congressman last night after Speaker Boehner's statement, which seemed to suggest he understood there was not a consensus to say the least to move ahead on immigration. But my friend in Congress said, well, I don't know, maybe he's just saying this to get us to the death ceiling, keep conservatives happy for two or three weeks. Uh, and then you could imagine it coming back up. So I think making the case against immigration, against their version of immigration reform, both the political case and the substantive case, remains very important. Jay Koss has a piece in the new issue of the Weekly Standard uh, laying out the ways in which this immigration reform proposal really undercuts middle-class and working-class wages and really shows a disregard for even caring about that, which right. I think is very dangerous for the Republican Party. The, you know, it seems to a guy like me, just dopey guy, I don't hang out with the super smart people down in D.C. that you do. But the, yeah. if, the, if the left is essentially going to abandon these kind of fundamental notions of 
what it means to be an American. You know, I'm responsible for my own bills. Uh, I work because it's satisfying. Uh, I shouldn't have to unfairly compete with illegal competition. No one's against immigration. What they're against is unfairly competing with illegal immigration and on and on and on. You know, I, it's, uh, I, when I start a political group, I kind of like to not get spied on by the government or get audited or have the FBI visit me. If the Democrats are going to concede all that, are the Republicans really so dumb that they can't run in and embrace it and realize that can be their identity that can really fire up the afterburners for 2014? And 2016, I think. Yeah, Not Middle America, I think, is the ticket. Speaking for Middle America, devising policies that respond to the concerns of middle America and, and, you know, some of them imaginative, some of them not simply cutting government, but, but reforming government and using it better. I, I think that's really the ticket. Uh, the good news is 2014, there's a bunch of polls out the last two, three days, and they're really striking. In Senate race after Senate race, the Republican challenger is either ahead or is right. competitive with an incumbent Democrat. In open seats like Michigan, uh, the Republican seems to be ahead. In Colorado, a state that people hadn't really focused on, Senator Udall seems to be ahead by two points over his uh, two most plausible challengers. Um, some of these challengers are impressive, too. And I, so I really think it could be a very good year for Republicans if they just get out of the way, hey, don't do something stupid like uh, an immigration reform and, and a couple of other areas. But then, B, really do focus on the middle-class message. They don't have to have everything fully worked out, but they have to show that as a party, as individual candidates and congressmen and senators, they really try to figure out how to help middle-class and working-class Americans get ahead, have stability for their families, have better opportunities for their kids. And that's why something like um, student loan debt, which is really damaging to an awful lot of kids coming out of college. Um, Senator Rubio is giving a speech on that Monday, I know, and I think it's going to at least have some interesting ideas. Senator Lee has done a fair amount. I feel like in the last couple of months, the Republican Party came out of its sort of uh, shock of Romney's losing and then right. sort of some of the uh, bitter squabbling internally. And a lot of the interesting senators and congressmen started to say, you know what, we need to have this forward-looking reform agenda. And I think there's been a lot of progress, actually, in the last so couple of months. So you just said forward-looking, which I like. You look at these younger, new faces that are out there from states like Wisconsin and Florida and New Mexico and uh, even you know, Senator Paul Rand Paul, you know, the younger version of his dad and everything. Who are the two names that I keep hearing again and again when I tune into D.C., Bill, uh, Mitt Romney and Jeb Bush. I swear, if one of those two guys is even seriously in the primaries, I'm going to fling myself off of a building. Well, that might be tempting for one or two, for Mitt Romney, if you told him that, actually. And he'll, he might, <laughs> very, he might, run, very he might run just for that reason, you know? <laughs> dude, I think there's dude, no please, chance Romney runs. Please I think tell me that D.C. gets. Please tell me that D.C. gets where the grassroots are, that they no, are DC looking No, D.C. does not get it. He's always the last to know, you know? But this, I think there's no chance Romney runs. Um, I think there's a lot of interest in Jeb Bush. And all I'd say about that is that he was a pretty good governor of Florida uh -huh. quite a while ago. He will have to show that he is in, you know, has an agenda going forward and isn't just running on his previously good record or on his name, obviously. And I, I don't know, you know what he intends to do, but if he were to run, it's the idea that he would somehow be a favorite, I don't really agree with. I think he'd be competitive. But uh, don't throw yourself out of a window, and I think, uh, I think the party I will be know. in pretty good shape in 2014. And I think I'm pretty hopeful for 2016, but, you know, you just need, they need to keep pushing ahead on, on the positive agenda, as well as resisting Obama on so many right. issues. Uh, where we had another, another, another rewrite of Obamacare this week. Looks like a postponement of losing your policies through your employer for maybe three years now, not just one year. They're really in meltdown on this. I mean, they're, <laughs> you know, they're just throwing everything uh, overboard to try to save the idea of it, I guess. 
so that they can right. either maintain a Democratic Senate or, more importantly, obviously, win the White House in 2016. It's now all about keeping the shell alive so that the next Democratic president can uh, inherit it and then either strengthen it as they would see it or maybe move towards single payer. I really think this we need to go for the kill in the right. sense of uh, putting off as much as we can, killing as much as we can, winning the Senate, and then winning the presidency. One last question. The Sochi Olympics are finally starting. I understand yeah. that you're you're not there because you were going to go, but your room is missing a hotel. And, it's unbelievable, uh, huh? I, 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 this is what I love. There's, there's only a single bed for four people, but there are five toilets in the bathroom for four people. So, you know, it's just a different priority over in Russia, I guess. I mean, I really want, you know, well, it's been a reset. Putin is the charming host, I'm sure, and it's going to, I wish them all well. I mean, they, I feel bad that the athletes are the ones being penalized. I bet the fancy people in the International Olympic Committee who made the choice, they probably got the one good hotel in Sochi and are living it up. But they really should pay a price for this. What, what were they thinking? Yeah, uh, and the uh, the idea that you're going to put the Olympics within a Charlie, you know, a, a metro ride of Dagestan and Chechnya is just so stupid from the beginning. But it shows that Russia has mastered those two exports, graft and corruption. And they right. bought themselves Olympics, and now the world is stuck with it. I just think it's time to skip. We should just be done with the Olympics. Just cancel them. Move on. There you go. Oh, you agree? Okay. Well, in that case. I, I'm not sure if I agree. I'm just being tolerant <laughs> of another one of Michael Graham's slightly, you know, interesting, intriguing, outside-the-box ideas. Well, I just, I, I, to me, uh, I, I put it this way. If somebody had to choose either the Obamacare hospital or the Sochi Olympic hospital, it would be a coin toss. Doesn't yeah, that show yeah. you how bad the Olympics are? Yeah, we should call them the Obamacare Olympics. <laughs> Sochi slash Obamacare Olympics. You know, Sochi is Russian for Detroit. I don't know if you're Obamacare. For Obamacare. Oh, for Obamacare. <laughs> yeah, for Obamacare. But it's another example of big governments don't do things well. And uh, and to me, the Olympics are such an 18th, you know, 1800s, 19th century institution. We already have the Olympics. We have the Super Bowl, the World right. Series, the World Cup. It's all there, Bill. So time to time to finish up that one. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm not a big fan of the Winter Olympics, actually. But that's because I don't really ice skate or ski or do all those luge. You don't do that every weekend. No, there I, in, I don't. Bill. Although it'll be interesting to have the biathletes, you know, firing, and then there will be people firing back. That will be a different <laughs> twist. Bill Crystal with the Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for joining us.